Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Well, we sure had a good time last weekend. It was such a blessing to see all the people that visited and all the people that got exposed to the ministry here. And We hear they're going to put out an article. When is it? On the 19th? I think they said the 19th. Uh, the article that they wrote when they came in Sunday night and, and were in the service, and, uh, and they seemed very blessed. Amen? So I trust it'll... You know, they, they came after me in uh, Galway, Ireland in 1990, and the Irish press, press is, is pretty radical. I mean, they're, they're, not, you know, they're not really behind anybody other than the, quote, state religion, you know? And so they wanted to interview me in Galway, and I was, I was, then the Lord gave me peace, and I, I, I did it. I did the interview, and I'll never forget, it was a young lady that came with a, with a photographer, and uh, so we sat down in a, in, a, in a restaurant in a hotel where I was staying, and she began to ask me questions, and you know who I was, what I was doing, and I remember she asked me this question. She said, thank God for the Holy Ghost, amen. I spent an hour praying in the Holy Ghost before I went to the interview. <laughs> I had an advantage, amen. Anyway. Uh, she first question she asked me, she says, why, why are you here? Don't you think that the, uh, the church here in Ireland does plenty for the spiritual, you know, the spiritual needs of the, of the Irish people? I said, sure they do. They do plenty. And I said this, you know, the Spirit of God to just give you wisdom. I said, we're not here to take away from anybody or anything. We're here to add our part to it. And I put her at ease. It just put her, then she asked me about a famous evangelist that fell and got in, in all kinds of trouble. And my answer to that was, well, aren't you glad your sins weren't put on TV? And that, that settled that. Then when we got the article, it was a great article. I'm going, Praise God. So amen, always, always, always trust the Lord. We're, we're, we're going back to what we were doing before we did our celebration last week. Uh, we're talking about the basics. Everybody say the basics. Now, there are several things we need to realize. Remember that great message that Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. You know, this is that which is spoken by the prophets Joel and, you know, upon my uh, God will pour out of his spirit upon all flesh. But at the end of that message, he made a very peculiar statement. Come on, I have a seat for you right down here. <laughs> Everybody look at her. Let turn her nice and red. She's so pretty when she's red. <laughs> Amen. But he made a peculiar, he made a peculiar statement, and, and, and if you, unless you understand it in the reference in which it's said, you're kind of like, well, what does he mean by that? But he said this. This is after the Holy Ghost had fallen. This is after the 3,000 had gotten saved. Or right before, right before he gave the altar call for 3,000 to get saved. He said, save yourself. Everybody say, save yourself. Save yourself from this wicked untoward, one translation says, twisted and perverted generation. Now, if you go back and study Roman history, you'll find out, man, those guys were crazy. I mean, they were crazy. They were bloodlust, a bunch of uh, perverts. I mean, they were, they were just, I mean, they, they, were, they were exercising the full genre of what human appetite desires and wants at every level. They were just being ungodly and devilish. Is what and then right in the midst of that, here comes Jesus. Amen? So Peter could plainly see that the societal structure of the day in which he lived was not conducive to what just happened to him and all these people. He knew there's going to have to be some effort on your part to save yourself from this wicked and untoward generation. Well, the same thing is true when you get born again. That same commission is given unto us. We think, well, pa the pastor needs to say, the church, no, no, you need to save yourself. That's why you come to Island Church, so I can equip you to save yourself from this wicked and untoward generation. Because it'll drag you to hell if you don't watch it. I mean, it'll put things in your mind. It'll say things about you. It'll try to categorize you, victimize you, do all kinds of stuff to try to pull you into its influence. But the good news is you don't live in that kingdom. You live in the kingdom of God. Amen. Now, one more point I want to make before we go on, and I'll give you a scripture reference here in, in a minute. The, the premier, how can I say that, Lord? You're going to have to give me a better, something better. Yeah, the, 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 the in reality, the force supplied by God in you, which many times we think, well, that's just faith. No, no, there's another one. 
and which helps you navigate spiritual things is the force of understanding. Now we throw that word out there many times without defining it, but it's best defined through illustration because you live literally in human understanding your whole life. Understanding is the ability to function in a system in which you have no explanation of. I remember my first car. I could change the oil and did. I think I changed a starter and a water pump just through, wasn't that hard to do, four bolts, pull one out, slap the, the gasket and the, and the stuff on it, put it back in. It wasn't that. Today, I drive by understanding. Amen? You say, what do you mean? I ain't got a clue what's going on under that hood. All I do is put gas in it, and when a light comes on, I take it to the dealership or to the, or to the, or to the people that work on my vehicle. I mean, we take it to Roy or Fernando. Amen? We let them deal with that. They may have a more detailed explanation, but I can still function in that, in that, in that system by understanding. Uh, uh, Friday. Uh, Y'all be sure and come to church next week. Support Brother Danny. Amen. Praise God. It's going to be a great service. And then I think Wednesday night, Brother Allen will be ministering. Lee and I will be in Mexico. We have church meetings. We have crusade meetings. And we have pastor's conference. So we're going to be busy. Amen. So you'd be praying for us, but you'd be having, having church here. Amen. But, but you have to understand, you're not the Bible. And I know Pat Robinson, he put out millions of Bibles and called them the answer book. And there is answers in the book. But more than the Bible answers your question, it removes your doubt. Amen. 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 Now, the reference I was going to use in getting on, a, getting on an airplane, my goodness, if I don't have any explanation, I, I wouldn't know how to even start it. I mean, maybe some little putt-putt, but, you know, to get in one of those big jet airliners and they say, now, now start this up. I, I wouldn't do it. I'd be afraid to do it. You say, well, I'd push something that might blow the thing up, you know. I don't, I don't have any understanding whatsoever of what goes on in that cockpit. I don't know avionics. I don't know navigation. I don't know those computer systems. But I do know I got me a ticket Amen. that says to sit, sit, uh, sit in seat 2B. And that's all I know. That's all I know. But I can operate in that system of airline flight which uses laws of lift and thrust to get this big chunk of metal off the ground and land it in, where are we going? Uh, Guadalajara, Mexico. Amen? Which I couldn't even find Guadalajara, Mexico. I'd have to swoop low and look at license plates. <laughs> Amen? But see, a lot of people, the first time they don't have something that just completely satisfies their intellect about spiritual. Well, I, I just can't get that. No, you can't. You may need a little understanding. That's why Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 1 that the eyes of our what? Our understanding be enlightened. And even Jesus himself, after the disciples had been born again, after he breathed on them and they received the Holy Ghost, he said, then opened he the eyes of their understanding that they might know the scriptures. He was explaining to them everything the old covenant said about his, his, his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, who he was now, and they couldn't get it. So he had to do something supernatural to open the eyes of their understanding. Amen? You say, well, how does that help us today? God's already done something supernatural for you to open the eyes of your understanding. He's given you the Holy Spirit, Amen. which is your guide and your teacher. Amen? People struggle many times trying to get explanations that satisfy the intellect. We're all conditioned through our education from the earliest days of our life. We have a question. Why is one plus one two? When I was a kid, they used the little stick man. You know, one stick man, two stick man. Then you draw, you know, you add those two and that makes two. Well, that's very easy to quote C. Visual explanation. Very easy. The mind goes like this. Ah, oh, it, it doesn't go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I can't see that. I can't hear that. I, no, no, it doesn't do that. It goes, ah, oh, it's satisfying. But listen, your carnal mind is God's enemy. And your carnal mind can talk you out of everything that God has given you in Christ, including salvation, if you let it. Amen. 
So we must make a decision continually. I pray that prayer almost every day over my life. Thank you, Father. The eyes of my understanding are enlightened that I might what? Know the hope or the expectancy of your calling. Did you notice God never gives detailed explanations about your calling? He just leads you in a path of righteousness that you have to have understanding to walk down. Amen? Now, once you get born again, your spirit becomes enlightened. Everybody say enlightened. Baptism in the Holy Ghost takes that to a new level. When I was in Bible school, Brother Osteen, John Osteen, who had three degrees, you know, two doctorate degrees that he had earned and one, one uh, uh, conferred degree upon him, but he had two doctorates that he had earned. And he said this, he said, in my seminary that I went to, which was a particular denomination, he said, they wouldn't get near the letters to the church. He said, they wouldn't get near Corinthians, Romans, Ephesians. They, they, he said, there would be scripture references from them from time to time, but they never went in and said, let's study the book of Hebrews. He said, they never went in and said, let's study the book of Ephesians. As a matter of fact, he said, I had one professor that said, I wish I could just rip the book of Ephesians and the book of Hebrews right out of the Bible. You know why? He had no understanding of it because there's a level of understanding that only the baptism and the Holy Ghost can supply or produce in your life. If you don't believe that, go find somebody who lived in a denomination for many years and really had no understanding of the Bible. And when they got the Holy Ghost, what happened? Boom! It was like a whole brand new world opened up for them because God opened the eyes of their understanding. He cannot do that outside of your obedience. You say, what do you mean? If you're disobedient, you say, what do you mean by being disobedient? Well, you say, well, I don't know about that Holy Ghost. I don't, man, I shouldn't. Pastor, I just don't want to get caught up with a bunch of tongue talkers. Why not? Every book of the New Covenant was written by a tongue talking Christian. I heard somebody say this to me one time. Well, if Jesus didn't speak in tongues, I'm not going to. Amen. I mean, something Brother Hagin said years ago was so true. It said it'd be funny. It'd be funny if it wasn't so ignorant. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Jesus came to bring us the Spirit of God in that manifestation. He came, he, listen, he, he came, the Bible says, this is that which He received from the Father and has shed forth that which you now see and hear. Well, Pastor, I can't figure out speaking in tongues. You never will. You never will. It's something God imparts to you and it is a gift. It is a tool. It is a blessing and it helps enhance your understanding of the Word of God. Now with understanding, you begin to understand things like this. Well, number one, I was a sinner. I was certainly in need of a Savior. Then you must realize what got saved. What got saved? You got saved. Your mind didn't get saved. Your body didn't get saved. You got saved. And because you got saved, your mind can be renewed, your body can be presented to God, and you can live for God in victory all the days of your life. And when it comes time to go home, you can just have you a glorious home going. I was talking about Pops the other day, talking about his home going to somebody, and they were just like, that's, that's, people don't die like that. I said, no, they don't. Believers do. That's how they go to heaven. That's how they're received into heaven. So you've got to begin from the beginning to understand. There are things here that I can't navigate with my mind. I can't navigate with my five senses. I can't get down this path of righteousness, this road in which God's calling me down. I can't do it through the development of my flesh or intellect. I've got to do this spiritually. Then you begin to realize salvation brought me into this kingdom. What did Jesus say in John chapter 3? Unless you're born again, you cannot understand what? The kingdom of God. Now that, is, that has stumped people for years. Well, what, is it, what does it mean in the kingdom? Well, he's referring to everything that he saw, the writers of these particular books, that they saw in their time. They can't relate anything to our time. They didn't live in our time. So they lived in their time. So they understood the kingdom concept. You say, what is that? An individual ruler that made up all the rules and called it their kingdom. You say, it can't be that simple. It's that simple. That's what the kings did. That's what those who were the, you know, the, 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 the king's family and the princes and the prince. That's why when somebody else came and took that nation over, they killed them all. You say, why? Well, they didn't want any seed of the previous royalty raising up another kingdom. So God comes and he says, I've got me something that I want to do on earth. And it's called what? 
kingdom. A one individual rule. His name is God. He manifests himself in three different entities. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. He said, I'm going to redeem or I'm going to buy back my creation. I'm going to do it from its origin because I created them spiritually first. So redemption needs to be spiritual. Then in the process of redemption, they'll be able to renew their minds. And one day I will grant them a glorified body to live forever in my presence with. Because without it, you couldn't. Because without you couldn't. Amen. Now, once you're born again, everybody say born again. You're like a brand new baby. You're like a little, uh, just a little precious, uh, who was it? We've had, we've had uh, M.M. and we've had uh, Phoebe and we've had uh, uh, Jericho Onyx. These are, we don't, we don't, they're not sitting here on the front row. You say, why not? Then fall over. Onto the floor. Everybody go, look at that baby on the floor. Oh my God, I wish he'd get up and sit down like a, like a... No, you don't do that. They need help. I said they need help. They're brand new babies. They just Same thing's true in the spirit realm. When you're born again, the Bible calls you what? A new creature in Christ Jesus. All of a sudden, the real part of you, the real you is redeemed. The Spirit of God is abiding in your spirit man. You are alive unto God. You're not separated from God all of His life all of his attributes, all of his provision, everything you'll ever need for life is not in heaven somewhere. It's deposited in you through the new birth. Well, Pastor, it's so hard to get it out. Quit saying that. Because you will rise to the level of what you continually say. Listen, I, I did that when I was first, when I was first started serving God and, and Bible school was hard and, and it was hard to get up to Houston every day. And then this was hard. And I was saying, that, this is hard. That's hard. This. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you better quit saying that because you're making your entire life difficult by what you're saying. Amen. So when it was not easy, I started saying it's easy. Amen. When it was still difficult, I, I, I kept saying, I'm going to make it. I can do this. I can do, I can do, I can do all things. I just started getting me scriptures. I can do all things through Christ. Uh, greater is he that said, you've got to rely on the word of God. Now, once you're born again, we're all born again. All right, we're all born again. What needs to be the next greatest revelation? The next greatest revelation needs to be, what is this? What is this? Well, that's the best-selling book for the last hundreds of... No, 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 no. This is... Now listen to me. Documentation of the nature, the ability, and the plan of God in written form. It's called the Logos. Everybody say the Logos. But what's unique about this book is encapsulated in these words is power. Everybody say power. Now let me tell you something. That power that's in this word and your spirit man, they fit together like a hand in a glove. They fit together like a hand in a glove. And once that spirit man on the inside of you goes beyond just the written word, the logos, and that word becomes rhema or real in you, now you've had a deposit of faith. Faith has come to you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The first time faith came to you, you did not even know what it was. Well, how could that be? Because by grace you are saved through faith. So God gave you faith and grace when you didn't even know what grace and faith were. And he gave it to you to do what? To function in, to stand at the altar or stand in front of the television set or the radio or the computer or some individual leading you to the Lord and pray that prayer that it took faith to pray and receive the results of that prayer, which is the new birth. Listen, I've prayed with I don't know how many thousands of people over the years to receive the Lord. You can tell. You can tell when it's real. Amen. We were doing Mardi Gras outreach one year. And man, we were just, I tell you who it was, me and, me and uh, uh, Rocky Malloy, one of the ministers that we, uh, one of the missionaries that we support. He and I and, and all of, the, all of the, uh, the teams and everybody had gone home because the, the crowd, you know how it gets, uh, as, when the sun goes down, the whole atmosphere changes. 
So we made a decision to go opposite the parade route. We started where, where the parade ended and, and worked back toward uh, 25th Street, and we were coming down 25th Street right in front of where my dad's office is. And, and as we came down 25th Street, man, people were just, you know, we were handing people tracks, and we'd hand people tracks. And two, two guys walked by me, and I handed them a track, and the guy said, what is this? I stepped off the sidewalk, stepped up into the yard. I said, this is a gospel track. Have you ever heard of one? He said, no. What is a gospel track? I said, it's a little piece of information that we use to put in people's hands that may stimulate something in them to understand that God loves them and that God has a plan for their life. And he kind of looked at me, and I could tell he was perplexed. I said, have you ever heard of anything like that? He says, well, he says, you know, I went to church with my grandmother a couple of times, but I really didn't understand anything that was saying. I said, listen, here's the deal. If you were to die right here on this street, and I said it like that, I said, do you know you'd go to heaven? He said, oh, no. I said, would you like to? He said, is that possible? And I'll never forget this man. When I prayed the sinner's prayer with him, there was a peace, and that's the only way I can describe it. There was a peace that came down upon him that I sensed that peace that blew me away. And I'll never forget. He looked me in my eye and he said this. He said this. This is what I have been looking for my whole life. I went, whoa. I mean, it just blew me away. So you've got to understand the new birth, it is, and you've got to recognize it for what it is because if you don't value something for what it is, you'll neglect it and you'll lose the effect of it. Amen? But it is the greatest miracle you'll ever receive. It takes you from darkness to life, from, from darkness to light, from death to life. You go, you go from a, a sinner separated from God to a child, a son or a daughter of God, united forever Listen, united forever to him, not by the words of a book, but by the spirit in which he created you with. Woo, I'm telling you, church, if you ever really, really realize the fullness of what it meant for you to get born again, you'd get real happy. You say, why? Because you're not the same person you used to be. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Amen. So. If you begin to notice what God does as you begin to progress in the things of God, He is equipping you. Everybody say, equipping me. Now, go, if you will, real quick to Romans. Go to Romans. Let's, let's do it like this for sake of time. Romans chapter 5, because I'll, I'll pick up on this when we get back. Romans chapter 5, and I'm on. I've got about five minutes to do this. So I might take ten. Hallelujah. Now let's read this in the, in the King James first. Now notice, let's go up to verse, um, look at verse 12. Now here is where understanding begins to work. Now let me say this, this is really good. When understanding begins to work in your life and in your spirit, you begin to grow. You begin to grow. That is what grows you. It's all of this. And I've had it happen so many times where sometimes I'd have a question about something or a thought about a script and I'd be in a meeting somewhere or I'd be listening to a, to a, to a, to a cassette tape or to a teacher and boom, man, it, the Holy Ghost would just say it right there in the, in, in the middle of that teaching. It's amazing how much of your understanding gets enlightened when you sit in meetings. Pay attention. Take notes. No, no, don't just sit there staring at the wall. I mean, you actually are receiving or absorbing not only just the word that's being taught, but the anointing behind that that is helping plant the seed in the good soil of your heart. Yes. Now, in this scripture, this begins an understanding process. Listen to what it says. Read it in the King James. Verse 12 of Romans. Did I tell you Romans 5? 5, 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Now, right there, what would the intellectual mind do with that scripture? Now, let me read it again. Let me read it again. This will help you. Wherefore, as by one man, everybody say one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Now, your first thought about a statement like that out of your mind would be this. That ain't fair. I didn't eat that thing. I, didn't, I wasn't there. I didn't eat that. I didn't. Hey, if I was there, I wouldn't have eaten it. I mean, you know, we all got our arguments. Amen. 
See, we're looking at it through a natural, through a natural lens. But we're not seeing what the Bible calls the revelation of the Scripture. Number one, one man. Everybody say one man. So we must understand that in Adam, we've all fallen. We've all sinned. Amen. But the good news is, in Christ, we've all been redeemed. Now, let me just say this. In Christ, we've all been redeemed. Not just Island Church that meets on Sunday morning, but everyone around there has been redeemed. They just don't know it. And everything in hell and the world system is fighting to try to get them not to know it. Did you know the enemy is in competition trying to take from God what rightfully belongs to him? You say, what, what belongs to God? The heathen and the uttermost parts of the earth have been given to Jesus for his inheritance. And if it's been given to Jesus, it belongs to us. So you've got to realize your problems in life stem from your birth and your family. Now let me say it again because automatically people say, well, I knew it, man. My dad, he wouldn't know my mom. No, no, no. See, you've got to have, what does the Bible call it? Understanding. Your family, my family, your father, my father was Adam. Period. Was he black? Was he white? Was he Hispanic? Was he... Yes! Yes! All right, did you get that? Yes, he was. You put in there whatever you want to. Yes, he was. And so the sin that he committed took him hundreds of years to figure out how to die because of that sin. Did you realize that? You go read through the Bible. All these people live 800 years, 900 years, 700. You think, oh, God's just blessing the earth and trying to replace. He, he destroyed it after all of that. Did you know the word Methuselah means when I'm alive, when I die, the flood comes. Destroys it all. Listen, they, they were not living all those years because God was granting them long life. They were living all those years because the residue of God in their spirit man was so strong and affected their minds and their bodies so strongly, it took them hundreds of years to learn how to die. Amen. Through one man. So he brought into the earth that which causes death in the spirit, soul, and body. You say, what do you mean? Every, every despicable thing that could happen to the human mind came in through the fall. Every horrible disease that will ever be upon this earth, past, present, and future, came in through the fall. See, and that helps you understand why Jesus had to be wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquity, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes we were healed because he had to make an acclamation of all the sin that came in through the fall. Now, stay with me. Is this helping anybody? Now, notice this. It says, For until the law was in the world, uh, for, un, for until, excuse me, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, doesn't make any difference. Death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. Now he's saying this. He said, you may not think this is fair or not. It really doesn't matter. But what happened was, God, this would be God speaking. I put some laws into the earth. I put a law of Genesis into the earth. That means every seed reproduces after its own kind. I put the right seed in the earth. I put my seed in the earth. I put my seed, Adam and the woman were my seed in the earth, my seed in the earth, my seed in the earth. But the enemy came in and corrupted it. Now here, this, this is why you have to renew your mind. People say, well, why did God allow that? Listen, there are things you really don't need to go trying to explore in your mind. Because you begin to think about, well, God allowed that. He created the devil. He allowed the devil to be there. And you start painting a picture and you make God into a villain. You Listen, our minds are so just like Brother Osteen used to tell you, you got a peanut brain. <laughs> Compared to God's got a brain big as the universe. Amen? And so here we are trying to figure this out of, well, why this happened and what was the motivation? And we're doing that from what? We're doing that from a fallen human standpoint, trying to understand a divine God who's holy and righteous. Amen. So he's showing us here. One man came, blew it all for everybody, but I'm going to send one man. He's going to make it all right. He'll make it all right. Amen. Now notice what it says. 
It says, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them, that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who's the figure of him that should come. He's saying, now look, you didn't commit the same sin, but you got in on his because you're human. Always remember this about God. When you try to apply the laws of human fairness to God, you'll always come up short. You have to live in the laws of divine justice. There's a big difference. I said there's a big difference. Now notice what it says. Uh, Verse 15, I usually never get beyond verse 15. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. Now listen, that's, that's your cue to get up and run around the church. <laughs> Amen. You say, what do you mean by that, Pastor? This shows us no matter what you're going through, no matter how bad it may be, it does not matter. What matters is if you are in Christ, what happened to you in your first birth can no way be compared to what has happened to you in your new birth. The problem is you're still living under the sway of that first birth. You need to discover the grandness and the greatness of your new birth. I really don't care what people say about me. What I really care about is what God says about me. Because what God says about me, listen, what everybody else says about me is just speculation based on what they observe. But what God says about me is life and truth. Amen. Amen. And when you begin to realize the life and truth that God has invested in His Word, every word from God that shows you your departure from the iniquity and the sin and the wretchedness of your flesh and mind, God gave you a brand new spirit and tools to break yourself free from that you begin to realize the greatness of his plan and the goodness of his heart to extend such mercy to to a fallen family. I mean, I like do-overs, but I'm glad God didn't do a do-over with the human family or we wouldn't be here. Now, can I read it real quick and we'll close in my, my Passion Bible. Let me read in my Passion Bible. It says, When Adam sinned, the entire world was effective. Sin entered the human experience and death was the result. And so death followed this sin, casting its shadow over all of humanity because all have sinned. Now, now see that that right there, people say, well, well, you know, here's here's little little Jericho. And and there's little uh, Emin. And there's little Phoebe, our three newest members. And so you look at them, how can they be bad? How could they do anything wrong? But in reality, all three of those Babies one day will have to get born again. Even though they've been born, they will have to get born again. You say, but pastor, they've not done anything wrong. Right, they lie in their innocence right now. They live in their innocence as an infant and as a toddler. Then sin will revive. You say, what does that mean? Well, sin, sin revives like this. The first time they have a conscious choice to make over something moral, they will make the wrong choice if given to their own devices, if not trained. The Bible doesn't say teach your child. It says train your child. Amen. And when you train your children correctly in righteousness at the earliest possible age, they're going to want Jesus because they see him in you. I remember Breland crawling up on my lap. We still lived over here on 33rd Street. And she asked me about Jesus. And I said, would you like him in your heart? She could have been, I think, four, four or five years old. Amen. And I said, sweetie, all we have to do is pray right now. And I led my daughter in the sinner's prayer at age four. And she got born again at age four. Amen. Well, you say, well, how can that be? Well, that literally, it's a, spirit, it's a spiritual working. Now, notice this. this. This gives us a little more help and understanding. It says, sin was in the world before Moses gave the written law, but it was not charged against them where no law existed. So they were not being charged for sin. You say, then why did they go to hell? They had the sin nature. Let me help you. There may be sins you never commit. And you will not go to heaven for not committing them. 
Let me say that again. I know it got quiet in here when I said that. Amen. There are sins you'll never, never commit, but you will not go to heaven for not committing them. Because in the potential of every human being that is not born again is the potential to commit some of the most heinous sins that even Satan himself would come up with and stimulate the minds of men and women to do. Get them under the influence of drugs or alcohol, do something like that, amen? Now notice. Let me read that again. Sin was in the world before Moses gave the written law, but it was not charged against them where no law existed, yet death or separation from God reigned as a king from Adam to Moses, even through, even though they hadn't broken a commandment the way Adam had. The first man, Adam, was a picture of the Messiah who was to come. Now, there is no comparison between Adam's transgression and the gracious gift that we experience. For the magnitude, now listen, for the magnitude of the gift far outweighs the crime. Amen? Now, wouldn't you think this was bizarre? To go to court, to be charged, to be found guilty, and to be rewarded. You know, you rob the bank. Here's the judge talking. You rob the bank. Amen. You injured a guard on the way out. You knocked an old lady over on the sidewalk, hurt her. And so we're going to give you a new Cadillac. <laughs> Would that be weird? Did you know what God did? You're full of the sin of the devil. He's your father. So what I'm going to do is reward you with salvation because I love you. A little bit more to Cadillac, amen. It's literally the same process. And God is saying this, what I'm going to do, because your death was from the inside out and not the outside in, I'm going to give you life again from the inside out so that eventually even death will be swallowed up by the life that's on the inside of you. So one of the basic foundations of your salvation, now listen to me, here's your assignment. All Christians, calling all Christians, get into those letters. Get you a living translation. Get you a passion Bible. Get you an amplified Bible. Get the King James. Go through those letters. You'll find approximately 238 scriptures that talk about who you are in Christ, what you have in Christ, what you can do in Christ. I can get up here and start a conference tomorrow and teach on it probably for the rest of the year every day. It will do you no good. It'll do you good to come sit and hear it. But if you don't take those scriptures and begin to do what? You begin to flow in the salvation dynamic. What is the salvation dynamic? Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, and release the encapsulated power that is in that word in your life. Amen. We teach the process all the time. But it's a basic, easy process in which the Word of God dwells in you richly. And every day, you're just, if you're, it happens. And let me just say this. When I give illustrations of myself, it really takes away from the tolerance I have for other people. You say, why? Because if I can do it, my God, anybody can do it. God didn't choose the best among you. Yeah, let's find who's going to be the strongest in character and strength. Let's go find, oh, there he is, Rusty Martin. No, he didn't do that. He said, where's the fool at? Is there any fools? Oh, there's one down there. Look at him, buddy. I'm telling you. He's been saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. Now look at him out there. He's just a fool. Look, I think I can use it. Amen. So I know it works. You say, well, I, that's, that was my, my, my two-year struggle when I first got right with God was not to try and get healed or to try to get prosperous, was to find myself. Who am I? Who am I? And everyone in the world has a, has a definition of who I am. It doesn't mount to a hill of beans. Who does God say that I am? What, what do I look like through His eyes? What, 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 what do I look like through His... And once I see myself, 
through his eyes, what does everything else look like through his eyes? That's one of the great miracles of being saved and being born. Where do you think all this compassion, all this love comes from? Even in many people that don't even receive some of the fullness of what God wants, like the baptism and the Holy Ghost healing, but they're just so saturated with love because they're so saturated with God. We run into people like that all the time. They just love God and it just comes out of them. But you've got to understand something, church. There is a developmental process that I believe is, is upon an accelerated course right now that anybody that would dare to get in, and what I would suggest you would do, because I've done this, you write those scriptures down, then you begin to say them every day about yourself. It will break down every identifying trait of your life. You say, why? Because every identifying trait of your life, including your flesh, is, is, its foundation is in this world system. But when you begin to see yourself as God sees you, and you begin to see yourself in the light of redemption, it's one of the most transforming things that will ever happen to you in your life. You begin to, you begin to say, I'm a new creature. I have people all the time, I'm just a poor old sinner saved by grace. Well, that, you'll have exactly what you say. You'll live like a poor old sinner your whole life saved by grace and struggle with everything that you go through. I'm not a poor old sinner saved by grace. I am a new creature in Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am more than a conqueror. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the earth. I can do all things through truth. Well, what if it doesn't happen like that? I don't even consider the what ifs. It's not about the what ifs as whether it works or not. It's about the identity of who I am in Christ. And then when the enemy comes in and attacks my mind, and tries to bring back a bunch of old junk from the past, attitudes, things like that. I tell him, no, devil, I'm a new creature. That guy's not, you can't do that to me anymore. That guy does not exist in this flesh anymore. He is long gone, for I am crucified with him. That was my death. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the problem is, if you live this thing the way it's supposed to be lived, you don't have any excuses for your issues. And that's many times what holds us back is our excuses for our issue. We blame other people. We blame the society. We blame this. We blame that. Blame, 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 blame. And that's one of the first signs and signals of the Adamic nature is the blame. Everyone else's fault but mine. I got to the point where I was just going to have to take responsibility for my behavior. And tell everybody, yeah, it's my fault. It's my fault. But when you do that, it's, it, it has a cleansing effect in you. And it empowers you to go on into what God has said about you in Christ. So the bottom line, Pastor, what do we do? We just got born again. What do we do? You get into the Word. The Word is your substance. It is the food you need to feed on. You say, what well, you talk about our mind being an, an enmity or an enemy with God. I've got to read it with my eyes and I've got, to, I've got to comprehend it with my mind. That's okay. There's something stronger in your spirit, man, than is in your flesh or in your mind. And it will help you decipher and discern and fit those pieces into your life so that once the puzzle is completed, you look down and you see Him, then you see yourself in Him. That's exactly what happened to the Apostle Paul. Could you imagine what he must have felt like? Seeing people in his meetings that he had handcuffed. They probably didn't have handcuffs. They used rope or something, you know. Tied up. Their children screaming. He stood there, gave his authority to the stoning of Stephen, one of the great laymen, lay ministers of the church. He died, not cursing Paul or Saul of Tarsus, not cursing the Roman government, not cursing God, but saying, God, don't lay this sin to their charge. The Bible says Jesus stood up at the right hand of the Father, received His Spirit into the heaven. Whoa! Amen? So there's no impossibilities with God. Nothing that you cannot change. Can I close with a story? I used to tell this story all the time. I like it. There was a rumor about a retired preacher in a small town. God had begun to move in a small denominational church and a man working at a filling station brought his buddy to a revival meeting and got saved. He was so happy to have a friend that was saved. Walking home after the service, he explained to him, now that you're saved, you can receive the Holy Ghost. 
I was like, what, what is the Holy Ghost? He says, well, it's really the same spirit that you got when you got saved, but it's in another level, another dimension. It'll come into your life. It'll help you speak in a language you've never learned. He said, that's, that's strange. He said, no, it's, it's power. It'll empower you. God said, you will receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Man, I want to receive this. I want it now. And the guy said, well, you know, the church is closed. We're walking home. It's dark. He said, how about tomorrow? We go to the pastor's house. They got up early in the morning with the pastor's house, knocked on the door, said, my friend wants to receive the Holy Ghost. He said, tell him come to the meeting tonight. He said, man, he wants it now. He said, well, you know, we're busy. I've got the evangelist here. We're, we're busy. He said, well, there's a rumor. You know that house way down there right as you leave town? There's a retired minister in that house. And there's a rumor that he has a secret spot out in the woods. He's taken people out there. They've gotten healed. They've gotten this, gotten that. Received things from God, answers to prayer. It's amazing. Why don't you go see what he can do for you? He went and knocked on the door. Elderly gentleman came to the door. They explained the situation. He said, I can help you. Went, in the, went, in the, went back in the house, got his hiking boots, came out and put them on, said, y'all ready to go? And off they went. About three or four in the afternoon. They walked about an hour. The young man who hadn't received yet tapped the other man on the shoulder, his friend, said, where are we going? I think this old man's got us lost. He said, no, let's just keep following him, you know, out of curiosity. They kept walking, kept walking, kept walking. Shadows begin to fall. Sun begin to set. He whispered to his friend again, what do you think about this? This old man leading us out here to do something bad to us? No. No, I, I kind of trust him. He said, just, you know, let's just keep following him. So they kept walking and walking and walking. And next thing you know, the sun is setting. It's getting dark. Guy said to us, but it's freaking me out. So he reached up and he tapped the old man on the shoulder. And he said, sir, I know you've got some spot out here, but here's what, here's what let's do. I think I'll receive the Holy Ghost and I'll just receive it right here. The old man turned around with his hiking boots on and said, that's the spot. Amen? So we put a lot of the spot thing on God. Oh, if he can just get me to this place. I, no, no, no. You'd be surprised how much of your life and how much you received is based on you picking the spot and saying, you know, I, I believe I receive right here. This is it. I don't care what my flesh tells me. I don't care what my mind tells me. But you know, I've prayed the last prayer over this. I'm going to pray. I believe I receive it in Jesus' name. Now I'm going to cast the care upon it. And every time the thought touches my mind, I'm going to lift my hands and thank God I believe I receive it. I guarantee you'll receive more doing that simple exercise right there than anything else you do. Because it honors God, taps into His power, and helps you receive right where you are. Amen. Lift your hands and thank God. Father, we thank you this morning for what you've done for us through redemption. Now prepare us, Father, to receive the greater blessing of the Holy Ghost in baptismal measure, where we're filled with the Spirit. Speaking psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, praying in other tongues, worshiping you, Lord, in languages. Help us enter in like never before. Father, we thank you today for every person's here. Thank you for your gentle conviction. Anyone that may not know the Lord, let your presence be upon them now, not to make them condemned or guilty, but to let them know how much you love them, how much you care for them. Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment. Nobody looking around. Most people are home folk, but we don't want to make any service, every service we have. We want to make sure there's a place in the service for people to either get saved for the first time or get right with God. So if you're here today, you say, Pastor, I'm not living right. I'm not doing right. I need to be right with God this morning. Please pray for me. Would you lift your hand right now? Anyone at all? Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen. We trust everybody's doing good. Look this way. Now, here's the thing. We've got Brother Danny Johnson coming next week. He's an evangelist. Invite someone to come with you. Tell him, come listen to this crazy man who was a heroin addict, had a bullet hole in him, was on his way to prison, and his mama prayed him out of hell, and he'd been a preacher for 40 years. It's a pretty good story. Amen. Use the tools we're giving you to evangelize your world. I mean, we had, we had uh, uh, 
Daryl Strawberry, I got a text from him yesterday. I freaked out. We were sitting at Beyond Burger, and I got a text. I, I showed him, look, I got a text from Daryl Strawberry. Woohoo! <laughs> Woohoo! Amen. We're going to have him back. Amen. We got Christopher Alam coming for multiple service. We're going we're gonna to take these evangelists and we're going to get them going, man. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get them some fish to put in their nets. Amen. So pray about it. Listen, if you'll pray, God will open a door. Amen. I mean, it's, it's, it's the type of work we need to do as a church. And just believe in God that people will be touched by His love and His presence, just like you've been touched. Amen. In God good. Stand on your feet. Father, we bless your name. Thank you for our week coming up. Thank you, Lord. We're strong in the Lord and the power of His might. And Lord, we declare your protection and safety over all of our church, those present and those not present. No evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels, you have charge over us. You respond to the Word of God, for you are given unto us, for we are the heirs of salvation. Thank you, Father, in our travels, highways, railways, seaways, every other way of travel, transportation. We pray over the travels of God's people daily, weekly, and monthly, Lord. Thank you for your protection. Thank you for your, for your safety, Lord. Thank you. In the righteous labor of our hands, at our businesses, the construction sites, Lord, the retail markets, all of the places that your children are employed or have business, we declare over them and over those places your protection, your safety. We say, devil, you're a liar. You will not uh, uh, terrorize or traumatize us in any way. We cancel it. We declare in Jesus' name. We're kept under that shadow and that cleft by the rock. Thank you, Father. Lord, let that fire of your presence and your spirit burn in us. Lord, continue to press us to move forward in our walk with you, in our growth and development in all that you're calling us to do, Father. We yield to you, Lord, and to you alone in Jesus' name. Fathers, we leave today. We walk in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church, we're covered by the blood, empowered by the Word, anointed by the Holy Ghost. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.